0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. I've got a guest and I want to give him as much time as I possibly can. Greg, would you come on up here as he's coming up? Um, this is Greg Moltron. Give him a hand. And Greg and his lovely wife Leah, they lead the Grand Rapids Dream Center and have just been um, amazing as they just, they love building the kingdom of God and that's the thing I love about them and their heart is they're like, well, what can we do and how can we do it? And so Greg, take it away, have fun, we're excited to have you. All right, thank you, Sam. And no excuses on 9-11 at 9-11, all right? Can't forget, you can't say you forgot, Uh, that word that Becca gave that meant a lot, and I think maybe getting to know us a little bit today, maybe you will see why some of that word is so important to us. But real quick, it is a pleasure to be here. We have heard a ton about Life West. We happen to have gotten to know Sam and Becca quite a bit more. We are in a leadership small group with them, and we're ecstatic to be able to partner with the spirit of Life West today. Gonna talk a little more uh, about that today, and so, who are the Mulchons? Some of you know who the Mulchons are, but but who are we? Real, real brief recap on that. I want to say I'm happy to say I'm here with my best friend, my partner in crime, so to speak. That doesn't go really well with the kingdom, I guess. <laughs> but, Leah, would you just stand up and just wave to everybody? Many of you might know her. You'll get to talk to her. Married for... 22 years. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of paradoxes today. So stay with me. I'll I'll make sure you see it, though. My awesome children are with me today. My oldest Emmy, she's about to be 19 in a few weeks now. That's right. I I got a 19-year-old. Still looking pretty good for a 19-year-old, aren't I? (laughs) She's going to Davenport. My son Noah, he's behind her just a little bit. He's working on his 12th grade year, and then Judah. And I'm happy to say that they love the Lord and. I actually can say they are disciples of the Lord. That's, that, that, that's a different deal, and that's something to be, you know, clarified today. So my family is a testimony of who I am and who God is in our life because I shouldn't be married for 22 years. And those of you who know me, you know that because I don't come from a heritage or a background of God. Kind of quite the opposite. We experienced a lot of hardship, came out of working-class poverty, Where we experienced substance abuse. There was constant family and relationship separation, divorces, and a lot of pain and brokenness. And so today, to stand up here to not only be saying, I'm married 22 years, but she is my best friend. We're close. The two are becoming one. It ain't easy. Sometimes it's as the sparks fly upward. And those of you who are married say, Amen. You know it's true. You're in church, you can't lie. But that is totally the Lord. So May 10, 1999, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. An awesome preacher was there, James DeMello. I love him so much. I'd call him a spiritual papa. And he is amazing. He does these events called The Return. He has done all kinds of things for the kingdom. But it clicked that night. I was all in for the gospel. And I needed him because, like so many people, I thought, coming out of the background I had, that success was king, success was deliverer, success was fulfiller. I mean, many of us think that, right? And unfortunately, sometimes people think that as Christians still as well. But there's only one filler and one king, and and that's Jesus Christ. But it it gives me a tie-in to to Allendale. So for me, it was the path of sports and athleticism, football in particular, and I got a scholarship to where? Grand Valley. You guys are smart in here. Good job. Grand Valley State University under Coach Kelly. Now, he was pretty live then, but we didn't know he was going to be like most winningest coach at Notre Dame and LSU. I mean, craziness, right? And that was the time when, you know, the dynasty took place and all that. And some people will go, well, Greg, you know, what happened? Well, I, I didn't make it there because... I was so broke and in need for God, I ended up getting a couple of knee injuries, but God had to allow me to hit that brokenness to see that even in some success, only God can fill a heart. And I'll never forget sitting down in his office and telling him I had Jesus, and he looked at me like I was crazy. You got Jesus, okay, you're walking away. And I never regret a day in my life for that. And it's important you know a little bit of that part of my story because I want to take you into what life has been like for the Mulchons, what life has been like for me, a life of total faith. And I want to just say there is no other life than the life of faith. And so to live what it means, to venture out in faith, to start to live and become the Bible, I know partnering with the spirit of Sam and Becca, this is a church church that wants to see that life inside of you and come alive for the kingdom of God. Brief ministry history. I've been in ministry for the last 23 years. I've served with a a demonstration proclamation group for a long time prior to the Grand Rapids Dream Center, so about 14 years with the Conqueror Strength Team. Any of you guys seen them or a strength team before? Yeah, I was one of those crazy guys that broke bricks with my head, you know, the everyday average stuff. So if I'm up here, you know, and I'm like... Just, you know, have grace. We're in church, right? Um, total awesome part of my life. And then about close to nine years ago, God was challenging us again to continue to grow in this life of faith into the, the Grand Rapids Dream Center, venturing into the communities of our city. And it's important you know that. And I want to talk about some of that journey to illustrate this life of faith today. And I want to do it with a, a really fun method these guys will remember this because we got to do this uh, in the same setting a couple weeks ago. But who's ever played two truths and a lie? You're going. Wait a minute. You're going to play that game in church? A lie? Yeah, I am. <laughs> so, really quickly, I'm going to tell you three brief stories. We'll do a quick poll, and I promise we're going to keep it moving. We're, we've we've got some of the Word of God to get into to tie to this today. So, story number one. Are you ready? Okay. So Grand Rapids Dream Center Life, the Dream Center Life. Say Dream Center Life. Dream Center Life. Dream Center Life. So this would have been, I think, two years ago now. We were in. We have these things called Adopt-a-block, and they function very much as the work of the church. So it was after hours, after a program. And disclaimer, by the way, because we're the end of the spear, we tend to be in the after-hours setting, right? And, and sometimes it can get a little bit, you know, live there, okay? You'll get what I mean in a second. This, so this was just me and another volunteer. We were a couple blocks away, really, from some of our pivoting points. And there was a house there we'd been praying for. It was a drug house. And we, with the Spirit of God, you'll be surprised how much favor you gain with drug lords, gangs, or, I mean, like, you're probably going, what? Wait a minute. I don't hear about this stuff in church. Yeah, actually, you, you can solicit that favor in the kingdom of God. So we were going and visiting a house, and it was live that night, but the volunteer I was with reminded me there's new neighbors next to them. We, we need to meet them. Okay, so let's go. We, we stopped at that drug house, and it was like, ooh, it feels dicey tonight. Yeah, let's go, let's go meet the neighbors real quick. So we met them, and it was great. We're on the porch. The sun's about to set. And then kind of kitty-cornering behind us, and this is summertime, we hear like we thought a pack of firecrackers. OK, you guys probably know where I'm going, don't you? Those weren't firecrackers. Um, we look right to the side. And then about 30 yards away, there's a shooter by the tree, pow, 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 And somebody from Kitty Corner, pow, 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 pow. What do you think your natural instinct when that happens is? <laughs> Military crawled in the house, kicked the door shut. Story number one. Okay, got to keep it moving. Okay, story number two. This neighborhood, that was one drug house. It has three. We'd been praying for all of them. God either shut them down or where it's like massive revival, or if they're stubborn and won't repent, then get them out of here because the neighborhood's suffering. So we had favor at another drug house. So much so, we had a Bible study there every single week. And let me tell you, that is an interesting situation. It really is. And so we're having Bible study. Now, in this particular year, there had been four raids, you know, a raid where the police go, they break it all up. And so the neighbors, you know, they're tired of it. They complain. So during Bible study one time, we had an actual raid, and we had a volunteer get taken in. That's the end of story number two. Story number three. Remember, two truths and a lie. You guys staying with me? Okay. Story number three. We we're at another house. Another adopt the block, and it was somebody we were ministering to. They needed the Lord. And so we went in there, and he wasn't expecting us. He asked us in. It was great. Leah was there with me uh, this time. And so we're talking, and then somebody barges in the door. And they're like, Oh, hey, well, you know, we're, we're here for something. You know why we're here. And we're like, Oh, okay. Guy goes in to the kitchen counter, grabs a drawer, he grabs out a steak knife. That's never good. And we're like, what's going on? And he walks up and he grabs the knife by the blade with the handle up. Walks over the guy, he goes, You know, you're gonna give us what we want, right? And I promise you, me and Leah are thinking, I'm thinking in my brain, God, I don't want to see somebody get stabbed today. I do not want to see this. This is this is not good. And he slaps the guy with the handle. The weirdest thing, isn't it? I mean, it looked like it hurt. It's better than than with the other scenario. And all of a sudden, we're just like, what do what do we do? What do we do? do?" And somehow we're like, hey, you know, we got this block party community night thing coming up. There's gonna be some awesome macaroni and cheese. And I was like those two guys went, macaroni and cheese? (laughs) Thing kind of diffuses because that that other guy and his partner, they weren't expecting us to be there. And and people, when they perceive you to be the church, They're like, darn it, my plans are ruined. And then they left, and everything was okay. All right, so you guys are with me now. That was three stories, two truths and a lie. Story number one, shooting on Temple Street. Okay. Story number two, the raid, somebody got taken in. And then three, the story with the guy and the the knife handle and all that. Okay, who thinks story number one was a lie? Show of hands. Raise them high, raise them high. Okay. All right, we got a a really, really small minority here. Okay, put your hands down. Story number two, who thinks that one was the lie? Oh, we're up to maybe 40 or 50%. Okay. Story number three, who thinks that one is the lie? Oh, okay, close to story number two. Story number two was the lie. Everything was true except for the person who got taken in. <laughs> Nobody got taken in on a raid, okay? <laughs> why in the world do I tell you this about ourselves? Do you guys hear something inside the elements of these, this story? It is a massive amount of danger and risk, isn't it? And you'd go, well, why in the world would anybody do that? Because the Spirit of God cares. The Spirit of God cares. And I'll also say this. I'll never forget at the L.A. Dream Center when we, we, went, we went there. And we were about to go out to Skid Row. By the way, Skid Row is an actual location on a map. And it is probably one of the worst districts I've seen. I've now seen a lot of these. I've been in a lot of cities. So many blocks of square feet, tent city. And when they live there, tent cities, that means they live there, They don't have bathrooms and sanitation, so it smells terrible, and it's the most lawlessness you can ever see. And before we went, I'll never forget what the guy told us. Leah, you'll remember this. He said, there's no difference between these people here in these streets than the very rich and wealthy in the high hills. And all of us, you got our attention. He said, the difference is this. Those in Skid Row, you see their problems. They're on Front Street. They cannot hide from them. In Hollywood, or people who've acquired success, they hide behind their success, behind their possessions and their wealth, but oftentimes they have the same problems. The gospel is necessary everywhere. Everywhere. Whether you're called into an area that looks and feels like what we're called to, or you're called into another area and you're like, oh, they have it all together. I don't need to be here. Listen, you need to be there, it is very important. And so, you know, you hear all this risk, and guess what? There's going to be as much risk for somebody maybe going into a place where, like me, I felt like I was ducking bullets, or you're going into another atmosphere, feels well put together, but there's other elements you're going to be up against that's going to just terrorize you. And there's a common denominator that cuts through it, and it, it, it is the gospel, and it's our faith. And it's, it's the call of the believer. And so that is why, it's a pretty nice, interesting introduction, isn't it? That is why we're excited to partner here with Life West, with Sam and Becca, because I can honestly say with all my heart, it's been an honor to know them because I see the element of risk in them for the faith and for the gospel of stepping out for God. I see the conviction for the word of God inside of them. And that gets me excited. And and here's another thing. I I heard Sam started a series last week, I believe, Upside Down. And Upside Down implies there's a perceived what? Right side up. And the kingdom is an upside down kingdom. It's almost like it's a parallel universe. You know, it says in Matthew 10, 39, to gain your life, you must what? You got to lose it. And to find it, you got to give it. You got to give it up. And so, what the gospel and our faith ends up becoming is, it becomes a really a countercultural thing. And what was really fun about today, before Sam got back to me and I had asked him, he was telling me about coming today, and I said, "Well, man, if you've got anything you're preaching on, just let me know." And I prayed, and God gave me words, and the word was counterculture. And courage, and that was before he got back to me, and I thought, oh my goodness, how interesting is this? He's talking about upside down. We live in, a, uh, we live in and, and, and through and for an upside down kingdom. And then I heard that he tied in the element of fear. And does anybody know, what is the antidote to fear? I said the C word a second ago. It's courage. It's courage. Say courage. And, you know, society and, and the culture right now, probably more than I've ever seen, is telling us there is a perceived right side up. And probably now more than ever I've seen in America, you've got to really know who you are and have a conviction for the faith. But I'm happy to say it's not just a conviction in and of itself. It's a life I've lived, and it's real, and it works, and God is good, and you can always trust him. Yeah. Say countercultural Encourage. And so I am super excited today that the the kingdom is always going to have elements of risk. And caution, risk comes in all shapes and sizes and packages. You know, again, you know, it could be called to an outwardly hard area of ministry. It could be a crazy faith number of generosity financially. But there's a reason why God wants to compel us to do it. There's a couple things. Risking requires trust and closeness to God. And when we're willing to go to that realm, it's going to produce a desperation. And I don't know about you all, but as I look at the culture right now, and then I also look inside of our city, because when you're in poverty, guess what? There's also, when you're doing ministry in poverty, that is, or if you're experiencing poverty or you've come out of it or whatever, there is so much lawlessness. There's so much brokenness. And you know, a value of ours in the Dream Center is multiplying extraordinary prayers. See, we, we've got signs to help us remember. It's like 9 11, 9 11. No. <laughs> we got to remember these things. We are desperate for the revival of our city, for West Michigan, for our nation. We, we are desperate for it, but it's because we're leaning in, we're feeling and seeing what the brokenness looks like, and we know there is no other solution than besides the Lord. And the other thing that God wants to do in this, so like when you look into the Bible, do you see characters and prophets and the disciples ever playing it safe, honestly? No. Let's not review the track record of the 11 of the 12 disciples on what the end result of their faith was. Do you all know? I'm not saying that's how it's going to be for us today, and I'm not saying it's what I want, but they were, 11 of the 12, were martyrs according to church history. And so there is an element of faith, but there's also this element that comes alive. And what happens when we expand ourselves into it, we trust God, it grows our love on the inside it produces something so beautiful. I'm excited to to talk a little more about it. And so let me get into a scripture. Joshua 1, 6 through 9. It's a classic. And of course, I didn't see Sam's notes. I don't know if he read this last week. But if he did, I guess that ties together well. My bracelet here, everybody see the green bracelet? Finish strong, be courageous is what it says. And that was actually uh, given to me by a very precious guy who lost his son in a car accident in age 29, and that was his son's motto. His son lived that life. And the Scripture says, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. God does have a promised land for each and every one of us. It looks different what God wants to do. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. What is the book of instruction? It is the Bible. It's, It's a common denominator. The Word of God is essential. The Bible uh, describes this in James. It's like many times we can look in the mirror and forget what we look like, and the Bible is that need for us in our faith to look in the mirror of faith and remember who we are, remember the promises of God. Because you know why, I mean, I'm human. I'm so fragile. I just I forget, just like this. I'm like a leaky vessel, right? You could see my vessel. One day it's full, man. I'm man, powerful for God, man. Yeah, I'll duck bullets <laughs> for God. The next day, I'm like, you know, uh, the prophet uh, Elijah hiding because I'm scared I'm going to get killed or something or, you know, persecuted for my faith. We need the word of God. So it says here, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this is just where hopefully we can have a vulnerable moment and just talk about you know as humans we're just we get very scared. And I people look at me and they think, "Man, you know, the Molchans and Greg, they're doing things, they share those stories. Man, they're just like 24/7 of courage. We're not. We get so scared. And it, it it's a constant and it and it makes us desperate, it drives me to the foot of the cross. We're constantly leaning in, and, and this scripture, you know, tells us right at the end of Joshua 1, 6 through 9, it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged. Do you know that God is constantly talking about that as He's directing the, the men and women of faith in the Bible? why would God say that all the time? Because we get scared all the time. We get scared. I also would love to alleviate some of you in here today too. As you're hearing me share some faith exploits and stories, your journey is going to look different than mine. might look a little different than Sam and Becca or Trina and Joel and and many other beautiful people we know in here. Everybody, we can't look necessarily to what somebody else's faith looks like and say, man, they're doing this big thing and I can never do that because God's going to challenge you where you're at and it's going to look differently in your walk. But I know... Every one of us today, if you'll take a moment to get quiet, God's challenging you to a step of obedience, and hopefully today, maybe there'll be a stirring or a bit of clarity on that here today. So let's keep going. And and then my other hope today, as we get ready to pray in a little while, is for an impartation of courage. I really want to pray that the Spirit of God would bring that. There's a lot to it, and I can't unpack all of that today while I'm here but I'm excited to just bring what we can do. There's a great quote from William Wallace. Do I have any brave heart people? Wallace. So what does it mean to be noble? Your title gives you claim to the throne of your country, but men don't follow titles. They follow what? Courage. They follow courage. So, you know, for us, the journey into uh, the city of Grand Rapids, for us prior to with the Conqueror Strength Team, we, we had, God had called us into some situations where there was risk and we didn't know what was going to happen and was learn, learning a lot about this faith life. But I have to admit, too, towards the end of that journey of, of my season in ministry, I'd begin to grow comfortable. I'd even begin to find myself a little more in my comfortable Christian circles it started to feel a little bit like a bubble. And, you know, Becca just gave this beautiful word. It was this thing that I could control. And honestly, I kind of didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. But we felt like God was giving a divine reset and he was challenging us for the more that he had for us. And I believe today there's a more for each and every one of us in here today. The question is, what is that? And will we just allow God, will we just just creak the door of openness to our hearts to embrace that for what God wants? Because why? your love will get bigger and the kingdom of God will get better. And so we let God challenge us as we stepped out, and of course, you know, the great commission can do, do I got where, where's my scripture children going to all the world and what? Preach and make what? make disciples wherever you go and teach them to obey all I've commanded you and I will be with you always. Amen. And so we're going through this and God's challenging us in the city to a whole different paradigm. And when it comes to the kingdom things of God, the, the, one of the pictures I felt God wanted to share with me today when it comes to trying to stretch, grow our faith, Risk because it's gonna, the gospel's necessary everywhere. It's gonna look different for all of us. I wanna take you briefly to Luke 19 and then we're gonna finish strong here. So, Luke 19 verses 1 through 10. Here we go. When Jesus came, he looked up at Zacchaeus, yes, the great story of Zacchaeus, and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But, there's always that but, the people were displeased. Oh boy. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I've cheated people in their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. That's the Lord's heart. The Lord wants to be where the messiness is, the brokenness. It could look like overt poverty. It could look like something else. But the Lord, Jesus himself, showed us that he's, he was never scared to go in there. Matter of fact, it's like he was actually defying the religious institute by coming in there. And so briefly, a couple thoughts with this, and then we're going we're gonna to close with this prayer of impartation. What, what, what were those couple of things we seen with Jesus there? Well, one, again, he was not afraid to go into the, the messy. He went amongst people and where the need was. Sometimes that's very hard to do to go where the need is. It's easy to get on the outside and pray, and if, if if that's one step of the Holy Spirit, do that. But to be able to trust God to go into it, because religion wants it all put together, and it here it is, it's nice and easy, and don't go outside of that. But Jesus defied that. He showed us He was willing to go where there was the most brokenness and need. You know, Mark Batterson said this, miracles only happen where... We are involved in situa- situations that necessitate them. Right? So it's like, we're desperate for the things of God. Come on. Revival. But are we engaged in a place where a miracle is necessitated? Right? I'll tell you right now, um, and again, it may sound more extreme because you don't know uh, Dream Center or city culture, but where brokenness is or lawlessness There's a lot of miracles needed there. Number two, what Jesus showed us in this was there's a deep humility about going into where messy is, where there's brokenness and need. There's a deep humility that can develop. You know, one of the greatest things I've learned to be able to go and love on somebody who's homeless or somebody who's fighting an addiction or somebody who doesn't know anything else besides, again, like that kind of brokenness. It's humbled me. It's humbled us. It's given us the, an ability to know people and embrace them as friends. Walk with them. Let the Holy Spirit minister to them at their pace as, as they get to know Him and come out. I never thought I would do that at that level. But guess what? Our love's gone from here to where? Here. Jesus was showing us here with this encounter the heart of God and and, and what this can look like. So I want to end with just a couple things here, and um, then I want to pray. Jesus showed us an ability to be relational here, and that's his heart. You heard in the scripture when we take on the challenge of getting out of our comfort zone or out of the boat, so to speak, to go to where risk is, to confront fear in our life, sometimes people aren't going to be happy about that. Religious people might not be happy about it. Why? Because now it's, make, it's breaking their comfort zone. But Jesus showed us he's willing to do it because he wants to re- reach the one lost lamb. So as I close today, again, there's so many neat places we can go with this thought. I want to end with a couple little acronyms for risk. And let me remind, remind you of the why. Why God wants you to confront your fears. Because one, you're going to experience an intimacy with Him that you have never seen. A desperation for Him. It's for the kingdom. So risk, we can probably all spell it here. R-I-S-K. Okay, let's see here. Um, We've got projection here. I don't know if you guys were able to get it, so you guys might have to track with me. I don't know if you'll see this with your eyes. I've got two of them. Risk, R-I-S-K. Running into severe... Now, if you saw it on screen, it says unknown, small U, capital K. I thought I was smart and then I, I couldn't find any more K words. <laughs> Come on, you got to laugh at that. It still works though, and if you saw it on the screen, you would probably think I'm really smart. But <laughs> running into severe unknown, that's the life of faith. But there's a reward there. There's a reward there. Another acronym though, this one does connect all the letters. So I got smarter. This one came second we got to laugh and have fun in the kingdom of God, don't we, right? Joy its a fruit of the Spirit. Come on. There's so many times in our work it sounds so serious. Oh, my gosh, Greg ducked bullets, and that's a very rare situation, by the way. So if you're called to the city, that was after hours, all right? Risk, R-I-S-K, reaching into saving kids. God's on a mission to save his lost kids. That is his heart, and it's absolutely worth it. You would do it for your own kids. You would wage everything to save your own kids, and he will too. And so I don't know what it is for you today, what realm of obedience God's challenging you to. And I want to encourage you. A lot of this stuff, too, it takes practice. Getting out of the boat, a lot of times you're going to fall into the water. But God will take care of us. He'll take care of you. If you're just willing to follow him and it's for his kingdom and glory, can I pray over you? All right, heads bowed, eyes closed. As I get ready to pray, and we're talking about an impartation of courage to overcome fear, and again, it manifests in many forms. We talked about the kingdom of God today, reaching more people for the kingdom. And it manifests in several different ways. There's, there's, there's lots of areas God might be challenging you. Maybe you need to be countercultural. And you're facing a fear in your job place because you've got to stand for some kind of integrity or truth that's not popular right now. It could be taking risk to sow something with your time, another commitment. It could be financial. There's so many things, but I know you'll know what that is for you. So heads bowed, eyes closed. As we get ready to pray over this impartation of courage, I just want to briefly say this. I know we're in church. Most of the time, we got mostly Christians. But if you're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ. You don't, or you just don't know where you're at with the Lord. Maybe you walked away. It's the greatest message in the world. I'm telling you, you could study every other form in religion and/or so-called faith, but in Christ. He's the only one who redeems and, and, and died and gave his own life to purchase our salvation and righteousness so we can become his child, adopted in, because of what he did for us. And he's God. So a God who gave himself so we could be his kids. Maybe you've owned that truth. You're living out of it. And for you today, God's challenging you in obedience. That's awesome. But maybe you walked away from that truth. You once were 100% in for Jesus. You owned that, but you've walked away. And God's saying, hey, the courage you need today is the courage to come back, to be all in for him. So I want to ask with heads bowed, eyes closed, on the count of three, if you're the lost child or the prodigal, you've walked away, but you know God's calling you back. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you, heads bowed, eyes closed, to slip up your hand letting me know you're coming back to God. And then the other person I might be talking to, maybe it's just very briefly clicking with you. That's who Jesus is? Yes, I want to be his child. No, I've never officially been all in, but I want to be all in for the first time. If that's you, raise your hand. So count of three. One, two, three. First time decision for Christ, or you're coming back to God. Lift up your hand right now. Praise the Lord. Looks like we got a lot of good, solid brothers and sisters in the Lord in here. All right. Heads bowed, eyes closed still. I want to believe God right now. What I'm going to ask you to do is, I'm not quite fully sure how this will work, but if you're able to lean to your right or your left, it's not going to be perfect, but you're able to either join hands or put a hand on somebody's shoulder. I want to pray as a body that, you know, as believers, we're all empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? And I want to pray that this release and impartation would come from the Holy Spirit as a body of Christ in and through us, that that impartation of courage would transfer over for whatever it is, that step of obedience that God's calling you to for His kingdom. So here we go. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a mighty move of Your Spirit today, God. I thank You for this awesome and wonderful righteousness You died to give us. I thank you, God. There's many stories in here, God, of who you've changed in your love. You've taken our feet out of the miry clay and put us on the rock of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for that. I thank you that that story needs to go out. God, I pray right now for the spirit of impartation, for courage in the name of Jesus, God. I thank you, Lord God, for manifestations, Lord God, for your kingdom glory, God. What is it, God? Speak, Holy Spirit, to individuals in here today. What it is you would have them do, Lord God. I thank you you're a good God, and I thank you that this comes by the power of your Spirit. And we pray this today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.